Ah, it works. Good. Um, I wanted, this morning I was praying um, about this conference and the Lord brought this picture to my mind. I don't know if you recognize what you see. <laughs> Anyone venture a guess what this painting shows? Sorry? It's Christ. Well, he's reaching out his hand for us, but mostly for Peter. <laughs> Do you remember the story? <clears throat> Peter sees Christ and his fellow disciples see Christ walking on the water during a storm. They're in the boat. Christ is out there in the dark, well, almost dark, and he walks on the water and they immediately realize this is impossible. This is, we're seeing, what are we seeing? Are we seeing phantoms? Are we seeing, are we hallucinating? What, what is this? And it, the Bible even says that they, uh, they shouted, they screeched, they screamed in fear. <clears throat> and then the Lord says, no, no, guys, it's me. Don't worry. And then Peter turns around like a leaf on a tree and he says, Lord, if it's you, can I come too? <clears throat> and the Lord says, yes. And then Peter steps out of the boat onto the water and walks. And probably he's the first human after the Lord himself to walk the water like that. Uh, yeah. And that's really supernatural. That's power right, right there. Right. That's Amen. power. Amen. And so Peter walks and then Peter looks and Peter considers. He considers the circumstances. He realizes there is a storm blowing. There's great waves and I'm walking right on them. And then he realizes, so he's considering and he's realizing what the circumstances are. And the moment he does that, he begins to sink. Mm. <clears throat> and fortunately, uh, I don't know if this was how far Peter was down, but just before he went under, he screamed, Lord, help, I'm yeah. drowning. Yeah. And then we see this picture where the Lord actually, Peter is already down under and he, the Lord reaches his hand and Peter grabs it and he's saved. And do you remember what the Lord says then? Peter, where was your power? No. He says, where was your faith? Why did you start to doubt? Now there's a, a thought connected to this picture that I would like to share with you. Here's the story. Ye, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I think one can conclude, we could conclude, that it is our destiny mm. to walk the waves. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. Right? Amen. Which also means it's our destiny to walk in power. Amen. When Jesus beckons us, that's the question. And so it's not every wave that you can step onto. It's not, not every situation you could just step into. Peter is in the boat, and Peter looks at the waves, and he realizes it's the Lord. And then he asks, Lord, if it's you, can I come? Amen. And then when the Lord says, yes, then he comes. Amen. Then he steps out. <clears throat> but the core of this, this image is, that is where the power comes. That's, it's on the waves that Amen. Peter experienced that power, not Amen. in the boat. Oh, yes. And I think, I don't know if you ever felt like this picture, <clears throat> where you... It almost felt like you're drowning in life, maybe in work, maybe in the workload, maybe in a family circumstance, maybe health circumstances or financial circumstances. You know, the waves are high and it, it sounds like a storm. Mm. <clears throat> and I think that's the first lesson I, 
I think I would like to share with you, call upon the Lord because He's coming to you on the waves. Amen. And if He says come, then don't run, step on the waves. Amen. That's where the Lord's power will meet you in your life. But the interesting thing also about the story is <clears throat> the distinction. Um, Paul says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, we have this treasure in jars of clay mm -hmm. to show that this all-surpassing power is from God Amen. and not from, not from us. us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was praying about this meeting this, this morning. I was praying about this meeting this afternoon. And the Lord said, what are you going to tell him? <clears throat> and what are you going to do? Do you think you have it? The people might look at you and they might think you're the guy with the hot hands or the power is on you or, but do you think you have it? And I had to say, no, Lord, I, I don't. I don't. So I'm sorry to disappoint you. I don't have it. If there is any power, it's the Lord's. Amen. That's why I wanted to, to show you that story. Peter couldn't walk on the water until the Lord says, come. Yes, I want yeah. you to come. Yeah. Come. It's the Lord's power Amen. that we're talking about. Hallelujah. But the Lord's power enables you to walk on the waves of life. Amen. To walk in those circumstances and not to drown. Amen. Not to be killed by the waves. Not to be killed by the sorrows, by the disease, by the financial struggles, or whatever it is. The, Lord, <clears throat> the Lord's power can provide, Amen. first of all, the strength for you to stay standing Amen. in His name. But please remember, I am the earthen vessel. Yeah. I am the jar of clay, yeah. and so are you. Mm. It's, the, it's the treasure that's in the jar of clay that helps us stand. That's the, the, the grace gift. Uh, if you go one verse down, uh, one verse up actually in the Bible, um, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 6, the one before, it tells you what the treasure is. The knowledge of God's glory. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> That is where it all starts. Yes. You remember this in the story, Peter, first he thought it was a ghost. Yeah. Fitting the circumstances, yeah. you know, when everything's, you know, horrible. <laughs> and then to make things worse, here's, here's a, a ghost coming your way. Yeah. yeah. And then he recognizes, no, no, it's the Lord. Amen. And once he recognizes it's the Lord, the oh, knowledge God. of God's glory Amen. hits him. Amen. And then he says, wait a minute, if that's the Lord. He's walking on water. Yeah. Then everything's possible. Amen. Then nothing is impossible All in your right. circumstances. Yeah. I can even ask, Lord, if it's you, can I come to you? Yeah. Can I walk on these waves? Amen. So <clears throat> that's the power I think we're talking about. But maybe you can even say <clears throat> there is more to the gospel than salvation alone. Do you understand that? We are saved to a purpose. We are saved for a reason. We are saved to be and to become the vessels of this glory, the vessels of this power in the world, in order so that the world will again be saved and restored to its purpose, to the dominion of the Almighty God. So where does this, how do you, how do you see it? How do you explain it? Well, this is a picture I show almost everywhere. It's kind of a treasure to me. Um, it helped me understand a little bit about that glory, about that power of the kingdom of God. And my students know it well, so they might fall asleep now. If you sit next to one, please kick him every now and then. <laughs> Just pinch him. <laughs> 
But in the Bible it speaks of this age and the age to come. You've heard of that, I think. And then the Bible shares the story, this timeline almost, where in history all everything goes to that one final climax where this age is enveloped, is overtaken by the age to come. And in theology they call that eschatology, the, 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 the subject in theology, and if you study theology where you learn about the things of the end, the things of the beginning, the things of this transition, the eschaton. Yeah. In, that's the Greek word for it. Now, yet, in the Bible, for example, when John the Baptist speaks in his ministry to the people, what does he say? Repent, for the kingdom has come. So, he, he's not saying the kingdom will come at the eschaton later. No, he says the kingdom has come. And you see that time and time again with the Lord Jesus as well, with the, the apostles as well. The kingdom has come and they prove it. <clears throat> Every time they speak in the name of the Lord, the kingdom breaks in. Yes. And even in the Old Testament, do you remember when Moses walked the desert? He walked into a burning bush and the bush didn't burn up. That is not normal in this age. That is a sign of the age to come. There was a different kind of fire on the bush. The bush was alight with the glory, with the power of God. And that's typical for the age to come. When it breaks into this age, when the kingdom of God comes into this age, the things that happen violate, surpass the laws of this age. Just like when Peter walked on the water. Amen. You can't walk on water. Did you try it? I did. I thought if the story's in the Bible, then our, 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 you know, our, <coughs> our grandfather, John Wimber, said, when are we going to do the stuff? So I thought, okay, let's try. Let's yeah. do the stuff. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't walk on water. It's not of this age. When the age to come, when the kingdom breaks in, that's when these things begin to happen. Hallelujah. So <coughs> you see here the cross, Easter, Jesus was rose from the dead. Yeah. That's not of this age. Yeah. That's kingdom power. Yeah. The kingdom breaking in. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes. In one day, 5,000, 3,000, what was it, brother? 3,000 come to, to Christ. <clears throat> the church is born. Many people are argue. Revival and renewal after renewal throughout history. But even before that, the kingdom breaks through all the time. But basically what the message of the gospel is, the kingdom of the age to come wants to break into your life. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. You are the seat of power. You are the jar of clay. Amen. You are the resting place that the Holy Spirit wants to dwell into. Amen. You are the place where this kingdom wants to manifest. You are the burning bush. Amen. You, you're, the power of God will be on you, but you won't be consumed. Amen. <laughs> Yet you will be a light of the world. Amen. That's the Amen. message of the gospel. Amen. Now that means, <clears throat> in order for me to be that, in order for me to understand that, that means I need to repent, to, to be transitioned. Amen. My identity needs to change. Amen. Just like Peter's. Peter was looking at the waves. Peter was looking at the white shape that was coming his way. And at first his eyes noticed trouble. His eyes were the eyes that, that the kingdom was alien to him. The figure that came to him looked like a ghost. 
And then something trans was, was changed. He heard someone say, but it's the Lord. And immediately he rethought. That's repentance. Re Repenser. Uh, rethink. Change your thoughts. And all of a sudden he could see. No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, there is a storm. The waves are big. But the Lord is coming. He's breaking through. And immediately he recognized it's Jesus. And immediately his perspective changed. Yeah. But that takes a, a, a transformation of identity. Come on, Tom. Let me show it to you this way. When I was young, I became a Christian. People explained to me that they, I was very much aware that I was full of sin, that my life was under God's judgment, and I was afraid of God. And then very uh, helpful and graceful people started to explain the gospel to me. And after a year of explaining, I finally understood I have a choice to make. All right. A choice to rethink who I am in Christ. And I prayed, I surrendered my life to Jesus, and I, something really changed. The burden of guilt disappeared. I was forgiven. Yet, I wasn't fully in that place where the Lord wanted me to be. Because I, I kind of thought of myself as, okay, now I'm a forgiven sinner. But I'm still part of this age. I'm, I am um, a sinner. Mm. Although I am forgiven. Mm. But basically my identity was still the identity of a sinner. Mm. You understand the difference? Mm. Yes. And my prayers were petitioning prayers. I was always praying to God, Lord, would you please? And I was thinking, okay, maybe if I fast, maybe then the Lord will hear me. Or maybe if I pray this prayer a year long, every day, every day, maybe then the Lord will hear me. And that, that type of thinking is the type of, of thought process that belongs to a slave, not to a son. Oh, yeah. right. yes, sir. I was part, I was a slave still in this world, in my identity, even though the blood of Jesus had transformed me, had repositioned me on the other side yeah. as a son, but I wasn't aware of it. I had to be transitioned. Yes. I had to go through the process where someone said, no, 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 wait, it's the Lord. Just yeah. like Peter heard. All right. And that, that, that message begins to open up your mind to begin to reconsider what is going on. Reconsider the waves. Reconsider who's coming to you. And begin to realize, wait a minute. If I am not the slave of sin anymore, if I'm not part of this age anymore, I'm part of his family. Amen. Yeah. Could it be possible that the power of the kingdom of that family could also touch my life. Oh, yeah. Could it be possible that I can walk the waves like he does? I couldn't do it myself. I'm just a jar of clay. But I can ask him. That's what Peter did. And I began to learn to ask. Not, no longer from a position of just petitioning. Hoping that maybe my prayer would be loud enough. And you would all sleep and not pray. So that my prayer could skip yours and... You know, be first by the throne, etc. No, no. From then on, I began to realize, no, I'm a son. I'm a child of, of the king. I belong to the household of the kingdom. Just like you do. That means I can just freely walk into the throne room. I can come to my father and I can ask him, Lord, these waves, is it you walking on the water? Can I come too? Can I also be filled with that power of the kingdom? And that began to change my complete identity. Mm. Slowly, I'm still changing, 
<coughs> slowly but for sure, I'm beginning to think from a position of royalty, Amen. Amen. a position of a child of the kingdom, Amen. of a partaker of that kingdom. <coughs> the Lord Jesus is my Lord, and He's my oldest brother. Amen. He said so. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. And the, the Father God is no longer the judge that will throw me in, uh, yeah. in, in hellfire. He is my Father in heaven. Yes. He's my creator. He's my safety. He's my rescue. His Amen. love saved me. Hallelujah. And that meant that my prayers began to change. I was beginning to learn not to just speak to the throne, but also to begin to hear the voice of my Father and begin to understand the will of the King and begin to pray from the throne into reality. Amen. Where you come to a place where it's not just, okay, Lord, if you are walking the waves, can I come too? But where I'm beginning to learn that it's true what Jesus said to his disciples, you feed them. Amen. Mm. Five loaves and two fishes, remember? Yeah. Yeah. The disciples brought them to Jesus. And who do you think, or let me ask you this way, where do you think the multiplication took place? Did Jesus, do you, I, I always thought this way, Jesus asked them to bring the baskets, and then he blessed it, and he began to break and break and break and break and break. Do you know how many times he had to break those loaves to feed all the people there? He, I mean, you would get completely burned out by just breaking bread, you know? Uh, What's that called when you when your wrist yeah, uh, you have this mouse arm? He didn't do that. He blessed it and then he gave it to his disciples and he said, "You feed them. Go ahead." Yeah. And they went into the crowd, broke it, gave it, broke it, gave it, broke it, gave it. The power of the kingdom was at work through oh, them. Yes. They were multiplying the food. Hallelujah. <laughs> they were the jars of clay that were used and filled with the power of the kingdom. Amen. And if that's what disciples are about. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are part of that same dynamic, that same power of the yeah. kingdom wants to manifest in your life. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> do you know this picture? Yeah. I don't know if you, if you have a phone like this, uh, you know, with this, a touch screen, you can get all these wonderful apps. And I use this app a lot. It's Bayonara. Yeah. It's a weather app. Yeah. And this app is prophetic. <laughs> you, you want to try it. Yeah. You can see what's coming in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It tells you about the future. Basically, for example, on this picture, you see these two little black blue, blue dots. This is where we are. And these are coming this way. If you look at these lines, you can understand that they're blowing this way, especially this one. So in a couple of hours, mm. we're going to have rain. Yeah. So it's, it's very easy to be prophetic in this world nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> this app will help you. Yeah. This is my old phone, and that was the, the, the one. And, but this is my boat. Wow. I'm the guy in the, blue, in the, in the purple shirt. Wow. Summer vacation. <laughs> and you know why I use this app? Because I need to see in the future before I go sailing. Yeah. I need to know what's coming so that I can set my sail right. Basically, that is eschatology. Yeah. You understand? Amen. I, I look into the future and I begin to understand, okay, if I want to go from here to there, this is the weather that's coming our way. Okay, is it wise to go sailing? I don't want to end up like this. <laughs> this is close to Amsterdam. 
It's a, uh, the, the edge of the, of the flavor polder, and this here is Pampas, the island. I don't know if you know all that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's where uh, we get our expression in Dutch for Pampas liggen. Uh, Do you know that one? Uh, the big sailing ships would come in, and they would unload a vessel, and then the uh, smaller vessels would come, and they would unload anchor before that island, and the, the small vessels would go into Amsterdam. And basically, the crews of the, 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 the transport ships would anchor there, uh, unload, and then go to sleep. Mm. They, for pompous living, I'm tired now. <laughs> so, but this one is really for pompous living. All right. <laughs> it's done, done it. Basically, if this is the perspective that God's kingdom wants to break through in your life, then you are called to be that landing place of the kingdom. You are called to be that place where the kingdom breaks through. That is your eschatology. Amen. Now, if the eschatology is basically the image that I'm called to be, the place where I'm called into, but it gives me direction. It gives me hope. It gives me um, faith even. Because if I look at the circumstances that I'm in, if I look at the circumstances that you are in, the storm that you might be in. And I know what I'm called to be. I'm not supposed to drown in the storm. You are not supposed to drown in the storm. We're supposed to walk the waters. Amen. So that's my eschatology. I'm not walking yet. But I know that's what my eschatology is. You understand? So eschatology is not just about the future of the kingdom breaking in. You know, when the Lord Jesus returns. No, it's the Lord Jesus wanting to return in your life, in this world, through oh, yes. you today. Amen. That's Amen. what it's about. Hallelujah. And that means the power is going to come Amen. in this world, Amen. through your life today. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> Christ's eschatology about you is this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Yeah. You see, the, the time stamp that's on that, that scripture, it's not, it will come, it's going to be here. No, it's, no. it says it, it is here. It has come. You who have received Christ as your Savior, you are in that place of the kingdom. You are this potential of the power of the kingdom breaking through. Whoever you are. The question is often, how, how do I think of myself? Yeah. I, from the moment I accepted Christ in my life, I was 14 years old, I was in that place of the kingdom. I just wasn't aware of it. My thoughts had to be kind of rewired, transformed, renewed. And I had to begin to learn to think of myself in a different way. Yeah. As a son of God, Amen. as a child of God. Amen. You are a son of God, a child of God, a daughter of God. And the question is, um, in my life, the question basically was, who do I believe? If I look in the mirror, I was told certain things about myself. Obvious things. You can still see them. I'm kind of big. People would tell me that. Um, I could look in the mirror and I could think degrading thoughts about myself. So what am I going to believe? Am I going to believe that a guy like that is not going to be used by the king? Or am I going to believe the king who says, you are the landing place of the kingdom? Yeah. And that is the transformation that needs to take place. Um, I needed to crown the king in my life. Amen. And that was not 
to crown the king in my life and his image of me is not changing the reality, it's confirming the reality yeah. of what is. Amen. You understand that? Amen. Because he already said that I am that landing place for the kingdom. He already said that the kingdom has come, that I am this new creation. Amen. It's, it's, it's my challenge to accept it and to begin to embrace it, to begin to learn to think like that, to begin to expect that kingdom to break through. Amen. Now, <clears throat> do you know this, this picture? It's, you know the story perhaps, the, the princess and the frog. It's a very uh, famous fairy tale. And the funny thing is, in the fairy tale, in the original story, <clears throat> the frog is really a prince. Yeah. Except something went wrong, and so, somehow he got changed, uh, enchanted into a, into a frog. The way that he could become a prince again was that he had to be kissed by the, the princess. If the princess would be willing to kiss the frog, he would turn into a prince again. <laughs> Which of you ladies would ever do that? <laughs> now, the, the weird thing about this film, this is a Disney picture that um, was made kind of like a, a free version of that story. The weird thing was that when the princess in this movie kissed the frog, she became a frog. <laughs> it's a different kingdom. <laughs> yeah. And the whole film was about them finding a way what went wrong. How, how come we're not in the fairy tale? This is not yeah. the way the fairy tale was supposed to go. <laughs> so they go all over the place finding a way out, which is it's not a film you need to show your kids because they go into really weird occult places. But the idea was funny, I thought. <laughs> but the question is this, are you looking at yourself like a frog with potential, or like a prince or princess that needs to be kissed by the king. You see the difference? You can, you can listen to me, you can say, man, oh yes, that's all true because it's in the Bible, and still think of yourself as a frog, yeah. or a toad. I think this is a toad, right? It's one of those fat ones. And, and maybe a frog with a little crown on it, but still, it's a, it's a toad, it's a frog. The, the transition that needs to be pl taking place is that I begin to think of myself differently. Amen. I begin to long for the prince to kiss me, yeah. the king to kiss me, yeah. because that will change me into who I really am supposed to be. Amen. The prince that he sees, the princess that he sees, the child of God. And that will bring me into that place of the kingdom, of the power of that kingdom. Amen. So, <clears throat> brothers and sisters, Please, allow the king to kiss you every day. Amen. You need it. Amen. And the, the, our king is not crazy. He doesn't really kiss frogs. It's just you thinking you are a frog. Amen. He kisses princes and, and princesses. He kisses his children, Amen. his brothers and sisters. He kisses them into their identity. Now, here's a good example of that. Do, do you know this lady? This is the way she used to look. She's much older now, uh, but she's our, our future queen. This is the Princess Amalia. And um, this is a good example of that eschatology. Um, is there any debate that, that she will ever be queen? No, why not? 
She's destined to be. She's destined to be. But I mean, there's blue blood in her veins, right? That's what we say. I'm not sure if we check it, but <laughs> but she is by birth destined to be the queen. You are by the birth of Christ. Oh yes. Destined to be yes, part of that kingdom. Amen. It's not a discussion. Yeah. Yet, Amalia here is just a little girl. She needs to grow up. Yeah. She needs to learn. It's a process of learning, of beginning to understand. What does it mean to be the queen of all the Dutch? Mm. How do you behave yourself? What do you do? How do you do it? And etc. etc. Her her father, <coughs> this is our present king, he had to learn. It took him time. But there came a time when every one of us felt he's ready. Yes. Why did we think that? Just because he grew up, because he looked nice? Or, or No, because we saw him act oh, right. royal. Yeah. And then we confirmed it by inaugurating him. Yeah. And it's the same way for you. You could say, okay, no, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. I'm too young. Even though, yes, there's blue blood in my veins. Yes, I'm a son, a daughter of the king. The, the king wants you to begin to act it, to begin to step on the water, to begin yeah. to live from that power. Amen. And more and more, as you begin to live from that power, that's going to be confirmed by your surroundings. Amen. They're going to see royalties in play here. Amen. The kingdom is visible here. It's breaking through. Look yeah. at her. Amen. Look at her. That is a prince waking up, beginning to act his destiny, his eschatology, her eschatology. So what do you see when you look at yourself? Mm. What, do you, what you do see decides how you treat yourself. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Yeah. And it also decides how you treat circumstances yeah. and other people. Mm. So beginning to learn to see yourself for what you really are, really are in the, in the eyes of God because of the mercy that God showed you in Christ Jesus. Mm. That is the most important thing to start with. How does the Father look at you? What does He see? Let that decide how you treat you. Amen. Let the way He treats you decide how you treat you. Amen. Doesn't mean I bow before the mirror every day. <laughs> if you understand my drift. It, it, it means I kneel before the Lord every day. And I say, okay, whatever I think I'm incapable of, I look at you as you walk to me on the waves. Mm. I'm the jar of clay. Will you please, please fill it? Amen. Will you please bring your power, the power of your kingdom? Hallelujah. Here is a, the, a very good confirmation of that. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4. This divine power, his divine power, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him yes. who called us by his own glory and goodness. Though these... <clears throat> through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this in the world and caused by evil desires. So that's not what you are invited into, it's what you are in. What is in you. You understand the difference? If you when you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit came as a token of your salvation. Amen. That didn't mean that. That's not like a like a ticket you can exchange at some point if, in your life if you want to, and then the thing comes. No, no. He's living inside of you. 
that is exactly this. That is the divine nature that is already budding out like a, like a tree, or taking root and bearing fruit in you. The kingdom wants to manifest through you. Now, <clears throat> I just want to show you this little clip, this little movie. Um, and uh, it's, um, I think it's Puerto, in Puerto Rico somewhere. I, I found it, someone, someone shared it with me, I, I love it. This is an example of the kingdom breaking through. Amen. <clears throat> it's an example of healing, maybe even of deliverance. It's all in Spanish, I think. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so I could translate it for you, and it's very South American. Uh, they're loud, uh, which is wonderful. But I'm going to kind of subtitle it as we, uh, as we go. And I, I want to point you at some of the um, ways in which the kingdom breaks through. And the, the, what really uh, shifted me or, or helped me begin to understand the kingdom is if I always thought of that kingdom as thunder and lightning. Hmm. You understand? Angels appearing, etc. Now here is the kingdom breaking through. And you, you could almost miss it. What's the moment when it happens? But if you look at the beginning of this movie and the end of this movie, if you look at the boy, you see a, a, a very, very sick boy coming to the, to the altar. And you see a completely healed and healthy boy walk away in three minutes. Amazing. amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When did it happen? Yeah. Let, let's just look at it. Um, see the Lord Completely spasms. He cannot control any movement at all. So his father is holding him. This is his father.
wondering what's going on. Slowly his look becomes normal. Peace coming over him in his facial expression as well. Pastor praying. There were several people around them praying. Was the pastor 
super spiritual or was the no 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 they were all they were all jars of clay like you and me and they prayed and right before their eyes the miracle takes place and a guy a boy that's probably been been looked over by many many doctors and, and I don't know I don't know his medical story but I can imagine if his parents loved him they tried everything and he comes before the face of the Lord and the Lord heals him in three minutes and I know it's stretching. When I first saw this clip, I kind of thought, I, I, just imagine, Pastor, if, that, if a father brings a child like that to you at the podium yeah. in your church, in, in here, yeah. <coughs> my knees would start shaking. I would think, oh boy, now everyone thinks that I can do this. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't yours? Mine would, definitely. But I have to remember, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it my power? Is it my kingdom? No. No, no, no. It's Jesus. And I, th this is a wave coming. And I, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, is this you walking on this wave? If so, can I come? Can I help? Can I help pray for this little boy? And you hear them say constantly, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, heal this little boy. And he walks away completely healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. I have a very funny little movie clip here um, I every time I see it I think I'm in it this was when I was really young this was the way we would be taught how to swim it's a long longer documentary made by a very famous Dutch movie maker called Bert Hamstra some of you may have heard the name he's no longer here on the earth um, but this is one of his longer movies and there's a the clip in there of the, the way the children in the end of the 60s, uh, I was born in 62, so it must have been about 69, 70, the way we were taught how to swim. <laughs> so it's very funny, um, if you look at it, it's all white little children. Um, we all learn to swim in this country because we have so much water, but in the beginning it's not natural naturally to be in that water and to, to have to go under it. So just look at it and you may laugh, it's okay. <laughs> Especially remember the voice of the, 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 the teacher. This is my wife, I think. <laughs> Ik 
That's the voice of the water. That's the name of the movie that he makes. So if you want to uh, enjoy Dutch folklore, you can watch it. This is, you know, practice makes perfect. And here is someone uh, finally making a great diploma, swimming diploma. I don't know if they look, still look the same today, but I remember my children getting this diploma. I remember mine. And you get the B, and then you get the C. The C is even jumping from the high board and still, you know, surviving it. Um, <laughs> but all those beginnings were difficult. Yet they all hold that promise. One day you're going to learn and be able to swim. You're not going to uh, be afraid of the water anymore. But it takes, it takes time. It takes learning. And it takes certain humility to actually fail in the beginning. You, 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 you dip your head under the water and you almost choke. And then somebody tells you what went wrong. You should hold your breath while you dip your head in the water. Okay, you try again. And all of a sudden you don't almost drown. You don't swallow the water anymore, etc. So it's a process. It's like learning to walk. Really. And that's the same way with the kingdom. It's learning. It, did Jesus chastise Peter when he walked on the water and he sank? Did Peter say, did Jesus say, well, that's a worthless disciple, let's let him, let him go, I still have 11 others in the boat. No, no, Jesus reached out his hand, put him up and explained him what's needed. Faith, Peter, faith, that's what we're practicing right now, we're practicing faith. So, <clears throat> one of the things that the Father, I think, wants to share from his heart to my, to your heart, to our heart, is he's patient. He's loving, he's kind. He loves it when you try. He loves it when you begin to train your faith muscle Amen. and begin to expect the power of the kingdom to break through. Amen. But he's not surprised that you don't get it the first time, not completely get it the first time. It takes time, it takes exercise. So it's just like this. I don't know if you can see what's on the soles of his feet. <laughs> When I got married to my lovely wife, I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. The funniest thing, um, I was raised in a, an all-male uh, family. My mother was the only lady in the house, all brothers. And so it's a very stable environment when you have all brothers and your father. Yeah. And my mother was a strong lady. She had gone through the war, etc. So she never really showed as much of her emotions. I remember seeing her crying once all through my childhood years. That was it. So then I got married to my lovely wife, who is a very strong, emotional, outgoing character. 
And every month she would break down in tears. And I couldn't understand, what am I doing wrong? Why? And this was my prayer, Lord help me. And then it took, it really, it took me a whole year before I finally got someone kind enough to explain to me, no, no, that's what happens to ladies. Every month there is a period, what they call it. <laughs> There's always help. Yes. <laughs> someone to explain. And I knew, of course I knew, I just didn't know what it looked like. Yeah. And my wife had hidden it from me all those four years that we dated. She always met me when she was fine. So. so it takes time for me to become a good husband. Now, here's one thing. <clears throat> Learning, falling, rising up again, to begin to trust in the power of the kingdom breaking through. The opposite side of that, on the other side, is toil. When the Lord Jesus in the, in the prayer, he teaches us, he, he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And another sentence he uses in that prayer is, Deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now the word, the word evil one, I think I might have told you one, one time before, the word evil, word evil one is in Greek it's called poneros. And in Amsterdam, they have the word paneri, for those who come from there. Um, now, paneros, the meaning of that word is toil, laborious trouble. So the word Jesus uses is deliver us from toil. Mm. Deliver us from laborious trouble, from, mm. from the sweat of our brow, so to speak. Yeah. I could try to bring the kingdom through my own strength through laborious trouble i could toil and the lord jesus says lord father if i if i teach them to pray i want to teach them this that they will be delivered from that temptation delivered from the temptation to try and do it by their own strength does that mean i don't have to work yes i just told you it's a process of learning it's a process of trying yeah. but i'm not learning to toil i'm learning to trust right. i'm learning to have faith Amen. that's the difference Amen. now to be really honest i have toiled a lot in my Amen. life work really hard not to deserve grace but to answer to grace and to come even to a point where you almost burn down, where you almost are, there's no energy left. And come to a place where you say, the Father, is this the way your kingdom works? And the Father then telling you, no, 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 no. Remember the prayer that my son taught you. Deliver me from toil. I want to give you another treasure. I want to give you the, the power of the kingdom. I want to give you faith. Mm. I want to reveal my kingdom through you. And that's not toil, that's trust. Amen. 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 Mm. And there's another mm. thing connected to it that's risk. <laughs> <You're all right. laughs> this is toil. You understand? Yeah. This is toil. Way more than you can carry. Yeah. <laughs> and it, this is what it does to you. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Yeah. <laughs> when the Lord comes and brings His, his power, um, it, it will feel completely different. It will feel <coughs> completely um, 
It's like, you remember the image where there's another storm in the Gospels and Jesus is in the boat. And what is he doing? He's asleep in the storm. He's asleep. There's no toil. There's no sweat going on. Jesus is completely full of faith, fully asleep. Sleeping through the storm. I think that's, if, if any image, that's the image. That's completely contradicting toil. Jesus wasn't toiling. He wasn't laboriously fighting the storm. Even when Peter walked on the water and Jesus saved him and brought him back to the boat, Jesus steps into the boat and the waters are quiet. He didn't even say a word. It was over. The power of the kingdom was visible. Now, just to make sure you, we balance it right, in Revelations, it speaks of, um, the Lord speaks to one of his churches and says, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen from, and repent and do the deeds, the works that you first did, or else I'm coming to you and I will remove your lampstand. So, you know, you could think, okay, I shouldn't work. It should be God doing the things that should be done in the kingdom. But Jesus says, no, 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 I want you to, I want you to work differently. Mm. I don't want you to toil. I want you to do the works of your first love. Amen. And those apparently are different Amen. works. Amen. And um, if you disconnect these, love and works, then it becomes toil. Mm. Work without the power of the king. Amen. Mm. See the difference? Yeah. Peter uh, would have had to toil if he would have stepped out of the boat without asking the Lord. Yes. That would have been toil. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he was a fisherman, so probably uh, fishermen, even today, they don't bother to learn swimming. Many, many don't. So he would have had to toil to stay afloat. Troublesome labor to survive. Yet, what he did was different. He said, no, no, first love first. Yeah. Lord, is that you? Come on. Yes, Jesus said, it's me. Can I come then? Yes, you can come. Yeah. Okay, now he walks on the water. Yeah. And there's no toil. Yeah. I mean, it's slippery walking the waves. And it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of learning. Maybe he tripped one time. But it's totally different. The water carried him. The Lord's power was at work. The kingdom power was at work. Yeah. You see the difference? Yes. That's what you and I are called to, to live like that. We are created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. So it's, it's, if, if anyone would say, okay, I have faith, you do the works. No, 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 Jacob said, that, that's not it. Show me the faith out of your works. Which works? The works that God prepared for you. Yeah. They will not cost toil. Yeah. They will cost some sweat, perhaps. But yeah. it's works that are in God's mind already. Like... Jesus, Peter asking Jesus, is it you? Can I come? Father, is this the storm? Is this the tactics? Do I walk the waves? Yes, says the Father. Okay, that's a work that God prepared for you. Then the power of the kingdom can become visible. And it's not going to be toil. It's going to be faith and grace in operation. Amen. For that reason, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. Even your toil won't produce anything. Yeah. It's not going to help. It's not going to work. It's going to be a lot of sweat and frustration. And it's not your calling. It's not what the Lord wants for us. Mm. It's, he wants the kingdom to break through in your life. And then you can sleep through the storm. 
Amen. Just like this. Amen. There's no worry there. Amen. Yeah. If, if, it, if you need to wake up and walk the water, the Lord will wake you up. Now this little one, he toyed a little. He toyed a little. <laughs> Therefore, I would like to speak to you about the five-step prayer model. You can apply it in many different ways. You can apply it in prayer for one another. But you can also apply it in prayer for a situation. Maybe in your business, in your work, in your school, in your family. You can apply it basically in any, in any context. But let me explain to you. Um, first of all, the first step is interview. An interview could be anything. Interview basically is asking the question, what's going on? What is the need that the kingdom needs to break into now? Is it a, a, a complex problem in, in your, in your work, workspace? Um, what do we need? We need good cooperation together, understanding one another. We need a creative idea. We need, what, what is it? If I'm talking to you and you come to me for prayer, my first question should be, okay, what is, what is the prayer that you need? For, what are we praying for? What is the struggle you are in? Why do you come, to, come for prayer? So once we establish that, we can pray. Now a good thing that I've had to learn is don't jump to conclusions. Man, I am easily jumping to conclusions. For example, one time I was asked to teach um, on healing in a, a tent evangelism campaign. And at the end of the preach I was asked to invite people to receive prayer for healing. And as I am taught in the vineyard, I had asked beforehand for the Lord to give me some revelation, words of knowledge about things that He wanted to touch, life's situations in life, sickness that He wanted to touch. And I remember there were a couple, seven I think, uh, things that, that as I prayed, I, I kind of could envision them and I felt the Lord, the Holy Spirit kind of um, impressing on me. That's what I want to touch, that's what I want to do, uh, that's what you can announce. And I remember there was one picture before my mind's eye, as I, I had my eyes closed as I was praying, and I saw this face of a lady, and she had something wrong with the skin on her face. And I immediately thought, oh, I know that, that's psoriasis, the skin disease, where the skin is um, crumbling. Uh, I'm not sure if people with dark complexion have that at all, but um, people with white complexion do have that. And I wrote that down, someone with psoriasis. During the meeting, the teaching went well, I was done, I announced those things, and for some reason, I don't know why, I think in hindsight it was grace, I did not announce that one. But my wife and I were one of the couples that were set in front of the stage then, and people could come, and if they wanted prayer for healing, they, they, they were invited. And then, as we were, we were all the way under, on the, on the uh, left side of the stage, a lady comes walking, She's leaning on her friend and a crutch on the other. And I see her head and her face, and I think, that's the lady I saw. But I could immediately see that that's not psoriasis. That's a very different thing that was wrong with her. She had scars, almost like burn marks, on her skull. And all the hair was gone. And she had wounds on the skin of her cheeks. And, and she was uh, with us. And I, I, I asked, interview, what's, what's wrong? But I also felt ashamed because I, I thought, okay, I've seen this lady when I was praying, but I jumped to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. 
And when she told me what was wrong, she had brain tumors in her head. Yeah. And the scars were from radiation therapy and, and operations and uh, lots of horrible things. I didn't have the faith to really pray for healing for her. Because I had jumped to the conclusion it was psoriasis when the Lord showed me. And I thought, oh, well, I know that. I can pray for that. So I had a little bit of faith to pray for psoriasis. But then the big problem was before me, and I was flabbergasted. I was full of fear. I sank just like Peter. Now the only thing I could muster was to tell the lady, look, when I was praying before this meeting, the Lord showed me you. So he has his eyes on you. And I prayed from that, which I was glad I could say. But I felt, okay, this is a big lesson to learn. Don't jump to conclusions. Make sure you really interview the Lord as well. If the Lord shows you something, Lord, why don't you really show me? Am I getting this clear? Is this what you want to do? Okay, please give me faith for that then. Yes. Amen. And don't cut the corner like I did. So the second step is listen. And listen basically is the hardest part. It means you ask Holy Spirit, come and you wait. And that for some of you, that might not be the hardest part, but for me it is. Because then I have to shut my mouth. I have to be quiet and let him speak. Let him minister. Now, listen does not necessarily mean that I listen for what he wants to say to me. It means that I invite the Holy Spirit to bless that person or that situation. And I look at what he's doing in the person. I, li- I look and I try to distinguish what, how is he ministering? What is he doing? And in the meantime, I have my ears wide open and try to listen. Okay, Holy Spirit, what, are you saying anything to me? How can I help? How, how can I assist what you are doing? But basically, it's a, a humble a humility step to say, okay, I'm going to be quiet now and I'm going to invite you, Holy Spirit. It's your power. Will you please come and minister to this person? Amen. Amen. And then we wait and we watch. And the third step is as we are listening, we begin to think, okay, can I, can I assist and pray? Now, <clears throat> for me, it was a very big listen, lesson to learn the difference between petitioning prayer to the throne and uh, proclaiming prayer from the throne. Do you understand the difference? With petitioning prayer, I'm asking the Lord, okay, Lord, please, will you do this? Now that could be a good prayer at the beginning of the listening. Then I pray, Lord, this was the need that this lady or this gentleman shared. Please, Lord, come and will you minister to this person? But then I listen and as I try to listen and I'm beginning to become aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying that he wants to do, it it would be out of place for me to then say, okay, Holy Spirit, will you please do that? No, 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 the Holy Spirit said, this is what I want to do. So now, my job is to proclaim that the Holy yeah. Spirit wants to do that. Come on, tell me. And it sounds interesting, but um, for me, uh, from my Dutch Reformed background, it sounds really interesting that I could actually um, com- speak things into reality. Amen. But that's exactly like our Father did. Come on, tell me. When the Lord created heaven and earth, uh, the Lord spoke and there was light. Amen. The Lord spoke and there was division between land and sea. The Lord spoke and etc. All these wonderful things that He created came to be. And the Lord 
seems to give us the same um, privilege to speak after he spoke and then things come why because I speak magic words no 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 because that's the way I understand it the angels are ready and they have noted what the heavenly in the heavenly realm God spoke it's on their little notebook and they're waiting in this reality for us to speak after the heart of our father and as soon as they hear hey this is what what God just said move let's move let's do this you understand that that difference so I'm not commanding any angel I'm not commanding the Holy Spirit that's not my place at all I'm not commanding anything basically I'm saying I believe that the Lord is saying this so I speak this over you in Jesus name and as I speak this if it's the Lord's it will happen now I did do that every now and then and nothing happened remember we're learning maybe I misheard maybe I misinterpreted I just shared with you I could jump to conclusions easily sometimes there's something else going on sometimes it is the will of the Lord that this or that happens but something is blocking it yeah it could be sin in someone's life mm. it could be darkness the demonic trying to stop it mm. and what am i going to do then I'm, am i going to panic am i going to try anything uh, yeah. <coughs> let's go back to the holy spirit let's yes. listen Hallelujah. holy spirit i thought that's what you said yeah. i'm not seeing on, anything Bill. happen yet yeah. what's going on what do you want me to do mm. and sometimes i just have to say okay let's try again yeah. let's start over yes sometimes we have to say okay let's give it time let's meet again tomorrow or next Sunday and pray again if nothing happened let's pray again Amen. it does require that I interview again I, I, I speak something and then I have to ask okay I we just prayed for healing for your need that something happened what helps me is someone ask someone before at the interview at the beginning if, for example, if there's pain in the knee or the shoulder and headache, on a scale from 0 to 10, how, how bad is it now? Is it like a 9 or an 8? And someone will then diagnose themselves and say, it feels like an 8. Okay, then after we pray, what is it now? Is it, is it down or up? Usually it's down, one or two points. And then we say, okay, let's pray again. Is it further down? Yes, let's pray again. Yeah. Is it gone now? And sometimes I felt, I, I, I had situations where we prayed for a knee in the church in Amersfoort and I felt, next week, come again. If it's not better, let's pray again. Yeah. And then next week, and then next week, and then next week. Because I, I began to notice my faith was probably in a good place, but the faith of the person to heal yeah. or to receive yeah. was not yet yeah. uh, blossoming. Yeah. And this person needed these little steps of healing yeah, to right. begin to believe it to begin to receive it, and begin to trust it because yeah. that pain had been there all and on and on it, it had become so normal uh, it had become identity almost uh, and to begin to get used to the fact that it could be less mm, took time yeah that person also needed time yeah so all these steps take um this careful observation, listening, praying what you feel the Lord is saying, blessing what you see the Lord is doing, mm -hmm. and interviewing again, going around yeah. this loop yeah. again and again. 
And only then, after you've done doing this, comes counsel. Which means, I don't know if that's your experience, but in the tradition that I come from, we tend to talk too much. We talk the Holy Spirit right out of the ministry. All right, yeah. And basically, we, we toil too much. What we're doing is trying to figure it out. We're trying to reason what's going on. We're trying to explain what's going on. And that doesn't always help. But not talking is not wise either. So at the end, let's in, do inventory. What, what just happened? What, what did you receive? What do you understand? Okay, let, let me counsel you. My counsel is, let's do it again next week. Let's pray again. Or my counsel would be, okay, now this prayer, you can pray it yourself too when you're at home. Do it. Or we could give them a scripture. Read this scripture every now and then and repeat it before the throne of God. Things like that. Mm. And sometimes the best counsel is just hug them. Mm. Then you're not alone in the suffering. And we're going to stick with you and we're going to pray with you. And we're going oh, to, yeah. we're there together. Yeah. Amen. You understand? 